this is Shannon Curry, our Director of Philanthropy and Development with St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Coming up next on the Highway to Hope podcast, you'll hear our interview with Wynona. Here's a preview of our conversation and a little taste of that 90s sound with no one else on earth. I'm telling you, I see trucks and I just do this thing, of course, you know, let me hear your horn first. And then I look in the cab and I want to see who that is. And sometimes when I see a woman, I go, I wonder if she's got kids. I wonder if her kids are at home with dad or grandmother. I do. I look in the cab. I'm looking at people is my point. I'm not just looking at the truck and the license plate. I'm looking at the person in the cab and I'm wondering, what's their life like, Lord? Because I'm about eye level. And sometimes every now and then I will lean my red hair out the window and go, (laughs) And you just made somebody's day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's awesome. And sometimes I'm like, yes, I do. that's so cool. So I'm just here to say today, I appreciate you. I see you. And when I pass you on the road, especially this last time out, first time in a year, I was like, in the name of Jesus, bless you and your family. Thank you. I come.
back on the SAF Highway to Hope podcast. Once again, that was Winona with no one else on earth. We are excited to have her as our guest on the Highway to Hope podcast. I'm Shannon Courier, and of course, I'm here again with my cohort, Greg Thompson, executive producer of the Pod Wheels Network and producer of the Highway to Hope podcast. We are also going to be joined by our guest co-host, Donna Horton from Radio Nemo. Hello, Greg. How are you today? And how excited are we to share this interview with everyone? Let me tell you, I am just bouncing off the walls here at the Pod Wheels Network. First of all, this series has been amazing. Every one of these artists that we've talked with, starting with Heath Sanders, Billy Dean, Lindsay Lawler, and John Schneider, it's been a tremendous series, so much fun for us to produce. And then top it off, not taking anything away from those previous four interviews, but to top it off with Winona. Shannon, you know this, and we're gonna share this with our listeners right now. This interview that Winona did, I think that this may have been the first interview that she's done in over a year. It certainly was the most extensive interview she's done in quite a while. and. It was just amazing to be a part of it. It was. It was actually something totally different than I thought it was going to be. I'm excited to share it. Excited to have been a part of this whole concert event. Honored for each one of these artists to join us. And of course, Winona being our headliner, I've been so excited to talk to her. She shared a lot in this interview about what it's been like over the last year plus the struggles and where we're going from here and how excited we all are to kind of get back to some kind of normalcy. And so it was a very intimate conversation. It's something very special. I'm excited for everybody to hear it. Absolutely. And folks, we're going to get to the interview in just a moment. But before we do, Shannon, I've got to give you and Donna big props for the way that you approach this interview. As we mentioned in previous episodes of this series, Donna Horton is very good friends with Winona, and we wanted to make sure that Winona felt comfortable, and we knew that Donna could bring something to the interview that we couldn't. She was tremendous, and you were tremendous in the fact that you're both an interviewer and a fan, and I felt like we all became friends through this interview, and we learned things about Winona that I'm not sure that anybody who's studied Winona may know. I definitely learned a few things, and you will hear a little bit of a breaking of me during this interview. It was just a more intimate interview than anything we have ever done before, and that does come from the connection that Donna Horton has with Winona. It really was like sitting down and talking with a friend, and Winona trusted us because she trusts Donna. You know, Donna is a part of what we do, and so thank you to Donna for being a part of this, taking us and putting us in front of Winona, and you'll hear in the interview Winona, when I ask her why she wanted to do this, she says, because of Donna, because there's a relationship there, there's a trust there, and that's really what everything is about anyway. You know, when you talk to people in business, when you talk to people and what we do at St. Christopher Fund and what I do, it's all about building relationships and about building trust. You know, Donna had that foundation with Winona, and so she felt very comfortable coming in and talking with us. And so I appreciate Donna reaching out to her about this. And I appreciate Winona just jumping in and saying, hey, let's do this. Well, folks, speaking of Donna and Winona, 
Here's Donna leading off our interview with Winona. We are excited to have you on today. Just thrilled that you've agreed to be a part of this, honestly. It has made all of us so happy and made it so easy to promote and find sponsorship. We feel like we're on the moon. Well, I love team. You know me, Donna. I love team. I love a good group effort. By the way, you have an amazing team. Lindsay and Tanner are just all-knowing wizards. I can call them for anything and they just know. Thank you for that because I take all the credit. (laughs) I've been through such hell with so many different layers of the musical business, which is an oxymoron journey, that I feel like my team now, Donna, is like the payback for doing the right thing. For sharing a bus with my mother for 10 years, I get to have the greatest experience in 2020 and 2021 in terms of people. Hell on earth, circumstances, certainly. And yet the last year, the thing I'm thankful for the most, besides my faith, my family, and my freedom, is my team. And I've worked really hard at this age getting people who are no BS. It's like the no excuses. Say you apologize, do your best, let's move forward. I think I'm at that age in this business, especially where I've been through so much crap just people's attitudes and entitlement and the rock star behavior from opening acts to being on the road all the time to where I'm thankful when you say things like that. So I appreciate you saying that about Lindsay and Tanner. They're the young and the restless. They're interested in changing the temperature, the atmosphere, right? We need people like them who say, let's do it. What do we got to do to make this happen? And they do it with a positive attitude. What a concept, right? Yeah. So I have enjoyed getting to know them. I don't know them very well, but everybody's been so helpful to us and just answered every question and concern that we have had. We've never done anything like this. We don't know what is involved in something like this. And so they have just been fabulous. Great. I'm thrilled for you guys too. <laughs> all right. So we're going to just jump right in. Okay. Let's just jump right in. Let's take jump off right our clothes and let's compare. <laughs> you do not want to see that. Let me just tell you, Donna, I'm not standing next to her without clothes on. I'm just saying. <laughs> not happening. Wadoda, we are so excited to have you on this special artist series of the Highway to Hope podcast. And we have Donna Horton here, my partner in crime on this whole event and co-host today on the Highway to Hope podcast series. And of course, we have Greg in here with us always. He's with us always as well, making this happen behind the scenes. Greg. Hey, it's great to see you. Great to see you. (laughs) Donna, I have to ask, we don't want all the down and dirty details because it's personal and all that stuff, but we came to Winona because I knew that you all were friends. So kind of give us just a quick little, how do y'all know each other kind of thing? Meeting Y and Cactus through a gentleman that I dated, super sweet soul. It just blew my mind that there could be such great, wonderful people, salt of the earth people who had so much talent, but also loved God so fiercely and treated everybody like they were somebody. These are the type of people when you meet them, you just say, I want to know them. I want to be somebody that knows them. I want to watch their stuff. I want to follow the lead that they take. So lucky for me, I've kind of got to keep that relationship alive, work with Cactus a lot on some events that we have planned for the trucking industry, and then learn more about both he and Winona's passion for the essential workers, the truck drivers, and the EMTs, the firefighters, the police officers. 
it kind of all just fell together and worked asynchronously of the relationship. And then my position with Radio Nemo, their payment industry, your position with St. Christopher Fund. Yeah, I think I answered that question, hopefully, but (laughs) it all just fell together so beautifully. I think it's great. So you have continued this relationship. I think that's fantastic. That doesn't always happen in situations like that. When you think about somebody like Winona, who is just you hear the name Winona and you just think this huge personality. It's so awesome to get to talk to her and hear. She's also just a normal, regular person who cares about people and loves the Lord and all those things. Because sometimes we can set people up to not really think that they care about other people or that they're just like us as well. I love getting to meet people and just feel like they're friends as soon as you meet them. Hey, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like I do and have struggles the same way that I do. I think that's what's so exciting for me. I grew up listening to country music. I'm a huge, huge country music fan. Grew up listening to Winona. But I have to know from the beginning, I've read a lot about you, of course, and know you got a guitar when you were young. And so is that like when all this happened or did you like just come out of the womb knowing you wanted to do this? Ooh, well, that's an interesting question to start off with. I think I knew from a very early age that I was so different that I knew I had to be creative. I think I knew on some level when I was three, one of my aunts told me that I was a hummer and a singer and very playful. And for those of you who don't know, I'm an introvert, extrovert. I'm very shy. And yet I can also, I love a parade. I'm very loner, hermit, stay on the farm. And yet I love to be at the Super Bowl. So it's kind of an all or nothing. I think on some level, you guys, I think I knew I was so different. I never, and I mean never, and people look at me kind of like, huh? I never fit in with my family. I don't ever remember going, oh, I'm like my aunt so-and-so. Or, I mean, Ashley and I couldn't be any more different. And my mom and I are very different. So I think I knew on some level I wanted to be a free spirit. And yeah, I was eight, perhaps nine when I started to play the piano. That's my first instrument. And then the harmonica. I have a long story about music and being lonely, living in the wilderness. We never had neighbors. And so music saved my life at that age because I was so lonesome. And it still saves my life. I think music does that for so many people, especially just thinking about the year that we've been through. Guys, I don't know about you. I know that I'm probably going to say some real controversial things today or even contradictory, if you will. I feel so alive and yet so brokenhearted. I keep thinking that I'm just going to stop breathing. Like I get so overwhelmed and so emotional about like being at the funeral this morning. I mean, I feel so deeply or I wouldn't sing and play the way I do with such heart. I think that I've always felt like I was singing to now an audience of one. And I'll tell you why I'm this way. I think from the very earliest of memory, I was by myself and I always had an animal, a pet something, or I had come across a kitten or a broken winged bird. I remember just turtles and lots of dirt in the bottom of a shoebox. Anyone can relate where you put the grass in for the turtle? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I grew up this way. So I think on some level, guys, I knew that no one was going to really understand me. And I think it set me up for this audience of one. And isn't this interesting conversation? I just know that this last year, I literally got down to an audience of one. Not sure I was ready for it or even wanted it. The word says, be thankful in all things. No, I'm not thankful for anything today. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, okay, I'm thankful for, and then you go down your list and then the next thing you feel a little bit better. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle for all of us to try to find some kind of, you used a word earlier, normal. That's not a word I know in this family. I do know this. I know that we're passionate and what we'll talk about today. And if I can help anyone out there on the road or working a real job, I say that because I'm in the music business, if I can help one person increase their faith for just a moment, because I have quite a story to tell. So carry on. (laughs) So when I think of Winona, it's interesting, I guess, for me to hear you say that one, you're shy, two, you felt alone, because when I think of Winona, I think of strength determination, independence, nearly make me cry. (laughs) That's what I think of when I think of you and when I see you. So to hear you say that you felt some of the opposite of that is interesting. It's a juxtaposition because I'm an independent. uh I have big dreams. That's how this kind of came about. I'm like, Donna, I've got this thing and it's big. And how can I make it happen? Can you help me? And she's like, yeah, I think I can. And she put in the call and I think it was literally less than 24 hours you had said yes. So, I mean, what made that such an easy yes for you to be a part of what we were doing? Part uh, Donna, I go with my gut on things. I know people think I have this magical formula for things. I think people think of me as sitting back like a person with enough success. Like I think of Oprah and I think people trust her. She was with us every day. I feel like I've been with people every day since I was 18 years old, actually 17 on the road. And I think people know that they can count on me to be whatever. And I think they believe me and trust me. So I think, and thank you for what you said. I think the truth is I'm a real gut, follow my gut person. And Donna said something and my husband said something to me and I went, sure. There was no like, well, all you have to say is the word trucker. Let me be really clear with you. Well, first of all, everywhere I go, I'll say, and I think the other night when I came out on stage, I went, what up mother truckers? I think that is a standard thing because I never know really what to say. And so I say that sometimes because people expect me to be more Miss America or maybe a little bit more formal, like my sister or mother. And I just have this sort of explosive energy at times, often get paid for it. And I come out like I'm on parade because that is what I think people want to do is celebrate and feel alive. I'll never be one of those people that like really loves reading the script. I don't know if you guys have noticed that or not. (laughs) You know what I mean? I kind of just go with whatever I'm feeling. And some people love that and some people don't. My mother was one who didn't often love it. And I think that's what made us work so well together because she was so sort of prissy organized and articulate and administrative brain. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) So I would go the opposite direction. I think I'm just different. And I think because I've been on the road, uh, the road is my middle name. What's that song Bonnie Raitt sings? The road is my middle name. And she goes into this whole thing and I can relate. And so I think I wanted to do this because I do feel, and this is a story I haven't ever told. When I first started out in this business, first thing out of the box was a tour with Alabama, George Strait, Dolly was on some of it. It was the Marlboro tour. And you know what I remember? I remember their song, And I can't think of the title right this minute because my mind is a bit blown, but it had to do with the road and truckers. And it had to do with the men and women that I watched up and down life's highways every single day of my life. And I had a handle and I knew what a CB was. And I sat there at nine on the radio and talked to people for hours. So I think there was also a part of me that thought, you know what? I've never really done anything like this. Okay, let's do this because I'm at an age where what's the worst thing that can happen? 
to my original idea. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's do it. Why not? That's right. To the trucking community, other than truckers, musicians are the most relatable. They're away from home. They're on the road. They're not sleeping in comfortable environments for long periods of time. They're away from their family. So that trust factor with our audience is already won over. You get it. You understand. You know that hardship. You have faced that for many, many years, just as they have in that loneliness. But also it's your calling, just as a lot of truckers feel that that's their calling. to get on the road providing for America. They fit so well together. They do. And I can relate because on one hand, I love what I do. You all love music. I love music. I love bringing the music to the people. When I go into a song and I see them swaying and I hear them singing and they're literally giving it everything they've got because they're feeling so many different emotions. That's the joy part, right? That's the freedom. And gosh, it's three in the morning and nobody knows where I'm at. There's that freedom and that on the road again. And then the flip side of that is there's this isolation, the loneliness. And I believe that, and I studied this a lot up the charts was some days solitude, some days isolation. I know what it feels like to be so lonely that you almost feel like you could just start crying and never stop. It's just, I miss home so much. I miss everything about home. And I've been on the road since I was 17 years old. I'll be 57 May 30th. And I know what it's like to be far from home. So yes, these are my people. I've always felt a connection. And I think we should do like Willie had Farm Aid. I think we should have something like this for the trucking community in terms of, I think we should do like a rally every year. Like they have Sturgis. They have this. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have plenty of celebrations. I want to be the queen of something. I'm not sure what it looks like. Come on, vote for me. <laughs> we would love for you to be the queen of Highway to Hope, for sure. You can put Winona Mother Trucker on a t-shirt. Let's do it. That's right. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on. And you know what you just shared, Winona? You shared every emotion, that driver who has been away for three weeks, six weeks. What's amazing to me is that you're Winona, right? And everybody knows you. Thank you so much for sharing. And Donna, it has to be a thrill for you. This is your friend. And you were able to make this connection with Shannon to be the mother trucker is what you're (laughs) kind of talking about. Shannon's, when she talked to John... John's like, hey, let's fill a stadium up, right? The thing I know how to do is network. And I've always thought that I was the kind of person that enjoyed more than anything. Like, it's one thing, it's not as fun being part of a duet thing for so long. I love team and I would love nothing better than to see us do something where we gave away stuff. And I just love watching other people win. I think because I won the lottery so early in my life, it took me such a long time to feel like I earned it to establish some kind of foundation. Because it just was like those commercials where they show up at your door and you've won the clearinghouse. I felt like that. And people would look at me like, what do you mean? Because my voice is my voice. I didn't earn that. That's God's mercy. And he gave me this gift. And I'm like, uh okay, I'm going to sing in front of all these people. What? And I think for me, I enjoy people so much that I get lost. I'm better at when it's, it took me 10 years at least going solo after mom had to quit. Going back out on the road, it took me a long time is my point. So I love the trucking community. I love the first responders. My son is a first responder. I get it. I'm out on life's highways to the point where I don't watch the news. I don't listen to a lot of the crap I hear that other people say. I go, nope, not today. 
And they just look at me like, well, okay. And I'm like, I've got to keep it out here because I am fighting for my life. I'm fighting for what I believe in and I'm fighting like heck to not lose hope. And that's where I'm at today. So when I do these interviews, it's not like, oh, hi, I'm Miss Sunshine and everything is great. No, it's not great. I woke up today feeling like the enemy was on my chest beating on me. And I sat up and I went, oh, like it's going to be one of those days, meaning that's not going to be easy. And anything worthwhile is never easy. So I just have this philosophy. You're a mom, Donna. Are you Shannon? Are you? Okay. I have two boys. You know, you just have to keep on trucking. I remember my mama had a t-shirt with the keep on trucking on the front and the big shoes and the soles of the feet. And he was one foot was in front of the other. And I'll never forget that t-shirt because it showed him here, but it showed him moving forward. And my mother's always been that way get up off your butt, quit complaining. I was raised to not complain. And if I did, I'd get another chore kind of thing. I was never allowed to use the word bored. I was never allowed to use certain words. And I'm huge on what can I do, Lord? What can I do? Careful what you ask for. What can I do about... And I say that because I've been home for the year and I was like, instead of just asking you to bless what I'm doing, I'm actually going to step out on a limb here and I'm going to ask to do what it is you're blessing. And that's another thing. I will be really honest with you and say, if this had been three or four years ago, I probably would have said no to this. And I'll tell you why. I was really distracted and I was really practicing my perfectionism and more, the word more, more business, more shows, more, more. Just hustle, hustle, hustle. And it's exhausting and this past year, I've literally been sitting on my back porch going, God, what am I going to do? And you know what I kept hearing over and over? I kept hearing the stuff I didn't expect to hear. I kept thinking I was going to hear this, you're going to get people together and you're going to heal the world with your music. And no, no, I would hear God say, just give yourself a break. I would hear you're doing the best you can and that's good enough. And I would just hear these really subtle messages. So I guess what I'm saying is doing this interview, I want, and I've asked God to please help me with this. <laughs> hey, can I get your help here? I feel like he's putting me with you all and people who really, really want and need to hear something different or real, or, you know, Donna, you and I have talked about what really matters and as women and as artists and how can we make a difference? I think doing this today, guys, is my point is it doesn't have to be a stadium or an arena. It doesn't have to be a number one record party. It needs to be real words for real people in the real world is what I keep hearing from God. Literally get real. And I've been cooking for people who have COVID. I've been cooking for the 94 year old woman who can't get out of the house. I've been doing things. I've been cooking for my sister. We're so different. We don't agree on anything, which is fine. But in families, some people would rather be right than be loved. I want to be loved. She does too. So I was like, look, we're not going to talk politics. We're not going to even talk about the weather. I'm going to come over. I cooked you dinner and you're going to say thank you. And I'm going to wash your hair and we're going to be sisters. And I'm older than you. So you have to do what I say. <laughs> and we just get together and we play cards or we talk. My point is guys, quit trying to change the world and just change. It's like me every single day, whether it's talking to you or feeding my pigs which are right there going by. I'm trying to get through the day without being a butthole. I'm trying to get through the day with my integrity intact. I'm trying to get through the day and be kinder to my mother. 
and quit being so hard on her because she makes me crazy because she makes up stuff that isn't true. I'm like, no mother, that's not how it happened. She goes, yes, it is. And I go, no, it's not mom. I love you. Let's talk about your cute wig. As I'm listening to this, and it's great, it's like being a fly on the wall, right? I feel like I'm in the SCF version of The View, you know, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure how I fit into this. Well, Nona, when you were talking about those alone struggles and some of the things that you were talking about just a moment ago, professional drivers go through that every day because they're away from family. There's so much pressure on them, but they deliver every day. It's like they have to perform, like you have to walk out on stage and you have responsibilities. So I think a lot of what you expressed there, I think every professional driver in America can identify with that in some way, shape or form. The closest people to me, and I'll be honest with you all, when I got really famous, I was really shy. And I didn't really trust that many people because I'm just out of high school. I don't know anything. I'm green. You know who the people were that were my family closest to me were the drivers? Hello? Galen Moore was my bus driver, my very first bus driver for eight years. Closest person to me. I remember being 18 and a half, 19, and him holding the wheel taking his foot off the gas, going and pee, and me driving. <laughs> and I don't even know how long that went on before my mother found out, but I was the relief driver. I still remember that. And I go, these kids today, I'll bet they don't know how to drive a bus. You know, it's <laughs> like, man, that's old school. We had Eagle buses back then. There's just nothing like it. The smell of diesel. I made that comment the other night we played Texas. And I said, man, I've never been so happy to smell diesel again. And people were like, you know, because they can relate and they can understand what it's like to be lost, which all of this is metaphorical. We get lost all the time, but you know what? We're going to enjoy the journey because it's a journey, not a destination. Okay. Yeah. Well, the music business didn't teach me that. What taught me the most about life are my animals. And of course, my children. Oh my God, pray for me. And the road, the road is the road less traveled. I've read these books that teach me about All the things that I say on stage, which is, yes, it's a journey. Enjoy the journey. You know what, professional drivers, we have got a lot of pressure on us and we deliver. Yeah, we do. And whatever it takes to get the load there, that's what we do. And by the way, you can complain later because we don't have time. I'm just saying. And by the way, because of the road and because of drivers, I learned to put my makeup on. You could pull me through a freaking cornfield and my lips would still be perfectly lined. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Men out there, you think you're all that? No. No, I'm serious. I think the road has taught me everything I've ever needed to know is my point. The number ones didn't. Money didn't. As a matter of fact, it complicated a lot. The things that taught me the lessons were when you break down on the highway and you're stuck for 19 hours and you haven't been home in two months. Yeah. When your bus breaks down and all your band has to ride with you because you just have one bus that works. Shit happens every minute. Everything goes wrong. Microwave blew up. No electricity. I mean, thank you, Lord, for the phone light because I can see two seconds in front of me. I think I'm just tough because of the road, guys. I was raised not to complain. I was raised to do the job well or don't do it at all. I tried not doing it. That didn't work so well because my mom was tough, is tough. I'm telling you, drivers, you are doing something that most people, like soldiers, I believe that it's very similar. The military and our people out on life's highways and the people who work the everyday trucking through life, you guys are the literally the saviors of our world. I believe with all of my heart that the men and women that do all this work 
so that I can have my tomato paste that comes in a squeezable thing because I'm spoiled rotten and I can get it from Amazon or Thrive Market and you're delivering it. I mean, what would we do if we didn't have these drivers, people? Do you understand? Do you understand just how spoiled rotten we really are in America to have everything we need supplied to us in a store that's open pretty much all the time? Think about that. I do. Don't you, Donna? You think about stuff and you go, we live in a country where we can go to the store at 11 o'clock at night and get what we need. A point to that why is, I don't want to talk about COVID, obviously, but it was a big eye-opener for me the beginning of COVID when we all went through the toilet paper shortage, not to bring up old times, but... I think we had all mistaken ourselves and said, my money buys these things. My money bought that Gatorade holder. My money bought that toilet paper. My money bought this. Yeah, your money may have, but it's only here because there's a farmer that grew it and there's a truck driver that carried it and there's store employees that are putting it out on the shelves and there's so many other people. It did and it didn't get you that. There's so many other people who made that possible for you. Just at the beginning of COVID, that was the biggest eye-opener for me is just how grateful we need to be to others. God does give you your job and you do work your tail off to have the money, but there's so many other people that make those things possible. And without them, it wouldn't matter how much money you had. If it wasn't on the shelf, you couldn't get it. I think the thing for me out of everything I could say today, that's cute and entertaining. I think the thing for me as a mother, as a wife, I literally have been home for 410 days or something. We go out on the road and I'm talking to the crowd and I'm going, you know, I didn't really think that any of us were ready and willing to take the hit that we did and we had to. There was no like, well, let me think about it for a minute. No, I came home on March the 14th and we unpacked the bus and that was that. Everybody went home. I didn't see the band or crew again for almost a year, right? I'm sitting at home and I'm looking at Lindsay going, oh my God, you're going to the store. We're Instacarting because that's what we do now. That's become the regular deal. And I'm going, but these other people don't get to stay home. They don't get to say, well, I'll go in later on and work from home. No. I mean, I stayed home for like almost six months before I left the farm. That's crazy for me to stay at home. It's the opposite for those people. They went out there and did the work so I didn't have to. Wait, what in the world? We're going to bitch and complain at them because our order isn't right? Are you? That's why I had to quit watching the news. You show me one more viral video, I'm going to go postal myself because I'm not going to put up with this crap. These people, these nurses and these first responders, and like you said, the truckers who are delivering, and we're standing there like, you better get my order right. And it's like mind blown, right? So I'm just here to say today, I appreciate you. I see you. And when I pass you on the road, especially this last time out, first time in a year, I was like, in the name of Jesus, bless you and your family. Thank you. When an ambulance goes by, I've always done the, not even Catholic, but I've always gone in the name of Jesus. I've always been like that mom who prays with my hands in the air and all 13. But I'm telling you, I see trucks and I just do this thing. Of course, you know, let me hear your horn first. And then I look in the cab and I want to see who that is. And sometimes when I see a woman, I go, I wonder if she's got kids. I wonder if her kids are at home with dad or grandmother. I do. I look in the cab. I'm looking at people's my point. I'm not just looking at the truck and the license plate. I'm looking at the person in the cab and I'm wondering what's their life like, Lord? Because I'm about eye level. And sometimes every now and then I will lean my red hair out the window and go, <laughs> if you just made somebody's day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's awesome. And sometimes I'm like, yes, I, that's so cool. Well, these drivers, while we were all sitting at home, 
ordering from Amazon. They were still delivering those goods to get what we got from Amazon. So they actually worked double time. They actually stayed away from home and I'll twice as long as they normally would. A bunch of them. I don't know the statistic, but I bet you a bunch of them don't have health care. A lot. A lot know. don't have. I mean, I don't want to ever, ever be too bossy that I think I know everything. I'll tell you what I do know. I know people. I knew my Aunt Pauline. She never had running water. She died without it. You know your family and you go, you know, my Uncle Mark's a Baptist preacher and he used to perform weddings next to a guy's pig farm. I mean, he's just a real deal kind of pastor. He just gives it like it is to the people and honest. That's what I think about these beautiful, beautiful humans who are willing, like the military, to go out there so I don't have to. It blows my mind to hear people say, I'm like, do you have any idea? I try to be a judge, not a judge. God, please help me. Because I hear so many people just cackle and clap, smack and complain. And I go, we're so blessed. Do we even realize how blessed we are? I don't know if we do. If I can sing for people and make them feel better, that's my goal in life. If I can help someone today realize how important they are, maybe they don't feel important. I can tell you this, you are literally the lifeline between me and my goods, right? You're the lifeline between me getting what I need or want. I should say want because need is a funny word right now. I just think of these men and women all the time now. I do. I think of nurses and I just did something for the nurses just saying, hey, thank you. I see you. I see you. And I know it's not easy. I know actually I don't know. I can imagine it's really painful. And I can imagine that the sacrifice is much greater than I even understand because you're smiling back at me. You're not complaining and you're doing your job and you're showing up even not sure if you're going to get paid, but you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. May God bless you and keep you and bless you even more than you can even imagine because you deserve so much more than what you're getting from the people who are complaining. You know what? America is the greatest country in the world. And I know that these are the salt of the earth people. Politics aside, some of the greatest men and women I have ever known, besides living in Kentucky on welfare, those kind of farmer people to me are my Papal Judd owned a filling station and he smelled like gasoline all the time. And I love him. I love him. That's the song, Grandpa. Salt of the earth people are the truckers, the drivers, the professional people. To me, in my economy, I was never really, I'm on the road, guys. I remember getting off the bus and my drivers would be cleaning the bus, cleaning the tires. That's every day. That's regular day for them. I get to go to my hotel and have a nice meal and a nap. And they're out there in the hot sun doing their job. And we paid well. And I'm grateful for that American dream. I just know that there are a lot of people today that need to hear you're loved and you're wonderfully and uniquely made. No, you're not a millionaire. And no, you don't have maybe what you see on TV and compare yourself to someone else. You may not have the monetary value in terms of what you think in terms of taxes. But I'm going to tell you something, what you do have. Coming from welfare to millionaire, you can have everything and have nothing at all. If you have family and you have your health and those things that we take for granted until this last year, for sure. To me, farmers and truckers, I've talked to Willie about this, the farmers, God bless you as you continue to do the hardest work. Nobody wants to do some of this work, by the way. I'm so tired of people complaining about it. It's like, you know what? You get your butt out there. If you don't like it, you do. I'm just one of those people that gets in trouble a lot because I'm like, what if you don't like it? You know what? If you don't like it, why don't you come up here and sing No One Else on Earth, Missy? Why don't you come up here? Come on. Come. I'll sing it with you. It won't be good, but I'd sing it with you. Yeah. I just had this girl who was being really bossy. She was really drunk and she was being really 
sat and I said, why don't you come up here? And, and she did. And she tried to sing and she couldn't sing worth a poop. And I just looked at the audience like, leave it to me. Drivers, I'm telling you, people, have you ever tried to drive a semi, by the way? I tried to drive a simulator, not even a real semi. I crashed in 0.5 seconds. It was, I never realized how hard it was. I spent a week on one. I spent a week on a truck. I spent a week on a truck with a driver friend. I didn't drive it, but I slept on it. I showered at the fuel stops. We ate at the fuel stops. I wanted to see what it was really like. So I did. I spent a week on a truck. My favorite, and this is no BS. Maybe no one will ever know this other than this interview. My entire life has been lived, for the most part, at truck stops. And they don't make them like they used to. And I know that. And I've almost been left at one. I love truck stops. And I had one of the biggest yard sales in Williamson County. We ticketed 4,000 items. It was in USA Today. Thank you very much. It's because I had so much crap from truck stops. I had collected every porcelain piglet set with the mother. (laughs) Goodbye. Mud flaps. I've got it all, baby. I had the greatest yard sale because of truck stops. So you talk about road dog. That may become my new nickname because I've been on the road to the point where I could tell you, I almost am to the point where when we pass a certain thing in Texas, for instance, I know that that's going to be there and that's going to be there. You know what I mean? I've been traveling Mm -hmm. out on the road for so long. I know where places are now. Lady Gaga is Mother Monster. You've mentioned it earlier. You are the mother trucker. I need to be the mother trucker. That needs to be who I am. So you just went back out on tour. What's it like getting back out there after being at home for so long? It was really hard for me outside of the music because I feel so helpless and the rules are different. People don't really know what to do in a way. They're looking. It's like they're a little bit lost because they love music so much, but they can't stand up and they can't do this. And there's a lot of You know what I mean? It's like being on a field trip and you're kind of have to form a single line. It's like we're excited because it's a field trip. We're so ready to be out of school and yet we have to stand in line and behave. It's weird. I'll have to be honest and say it wasn't my favorite. What was my favorite was singing Love Can Build a Bridge and hearing them sing Mm -hmm. back to me. It's, of course, not capacity. So you have half capacity, sometimes a little more. They sounded like more people because they were so passionate. That part right there, best of the best. Nothing better. The hardest part was traveling because people are scared. They're a little bit agitated because they're having to follow procedure. And if you're a promoter, you're all these rules and rules and hi, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just, the rules, I'm not really sure how people, no wonder we're having issues because people are going, I just want to have fun. You got that. You've got the person running the joint who says, listen, you guys have to do it a certain way because my insurance is da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got an agenda. And then I just come in ready to hug everybody, want to sing and take pictures. And they're like, you can't take pictures with fans. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't take pictures with fans? It's what I do. It's not the same. So you got to find a new way to be intimate. Think about this. If you're married for 30 years and all of a sudden one of you has surgery and one's stuck in the bed and one's not, and all of a sudden you've got to figure out a different way to be intimate in a way that you still stay connected. That's how I feel about being on the road because it's not like it was. It'll never be like it was, I don't think. Maybe we'll find a new way. It's my hope that God will literally show me a new way. And I'm not sure what that looks like, but i tell you one dang thing. I showed up to a show where I looked around like, I don't know what to do, but i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to look up 
And I do that a lot. And I'm going to sing like I've never sung before, like my life depends on it. And I did. And I thought it was a tough show because it wasn't what I was expecting. Number one, personally, professionally, they could only let so many people in. We're just not used to that. Who says, hey, you can only have 50 people. Who says that? When has that ever been part of the contract? So it's an interesting time. And yet, you know what? I forgot it all when I got into the music. There's your blessing. So Mm -hmm. I'm left and I'm broken. And I feel like, you know what? I can show up in any shape I'm in and do my thing. And I feel like people are really, really, really ready to hear something other than we're all going to hell in a handbasket, as my grandmother used to say. People talk in these commercials. I'm like, if I hear one more person say, stay safe, I'm going to shave my head. (laughs) We don't want that for sure. Yeah, we we don't want that. You have gorgeous hair, gorgeous hair. That makes me think really kind of about the journey of your music too, how it's changed over the course of the years from that 80s, 90s sound. Now you have a more intimate, vulnerable, raw kind of sound, which I'm loving. And your new album, Recollections, is coming out and it's got a different, more indie vibe kind of feel to it. You've just changed a lot over the course of it, which is what we do in life. Things change, people change. We're affected by the things that happen to us and around us and all that. But I'm loving the more intimate feel, even though I love the big, well, I know a badass too, I'm just going to (laughs) say. But I also love the vulnerability that seems to come with the videos where when you're watching you and it's just, which I think is probably what it's going to look like when we get to your house, is the more intimate three or four people sitting around and you in the middle or whoever's singing in the middle. And I feel like that's kind of what it's going to look like. And I think that's going to be so interesting for this event. Interesting you said it that way. That all sounds really good. You want to know the truth? You want to know the truth? Yeah. When you're a young girl, when you're 18, look, do you remember what I said on the CMA? I just wanted a pretty dress. What a dork. <laughs> Bless my heart. I don't know anything. I just stand there like, oh, I won the lottery. I'm just so clueless, right? And that's why we love her. Bless her heart. She don't know nothing. She's got on a bubble gum, pink satin gown, for God's sake. What in the world? You fast forward to mom and me doing everything and she's got shoulder pads out to here and hair jacked to Jesus. We just want to watch you guys because you're like better than the circus kind of. Then you had me with all the bigness. I guess what I'm trying to say is cut to the chase. I think a woman gets to feeling more and more like she doesn't have to prove herself. You do kind of some days feel like, you know what? I really don't give a crap about my hair. Not really. And you put it up in a bun and who cares? I'm starting to get to the point where I don't care to stand behind the veil anymore. I think I've stood behind the veil because I've worked so hard to meet the expectations. I had a 10-piece band because it was just mom and me, and we were simple and sweet, and how sweet is that, and grandpa and all that. I went from that to like three of the most beautiful Black backup singers. We called them backup singers back then. Now they're literally stylists. They have their own careers. I mean, it's just this amazing new day horn sections, dancers, you name it. I mean, the best that money can buy kind of thing. Like you want production? I'll give you production. I don't need that anymore. And I think it's exciting. It's like the best date where you wear everything bling, but then you want to take off your extensions and your bra and just get real. And I think that's where I'm at because I've done a lot of stuff. I think I'm just interested in the music more than I've ever been. The rest of it is extra and it's fun. And I love a good award show because I can laugh at people. 
but what's real? The music. And Cactus Mosier is the best thing that ever happened to me. A woman needs a good man to tell her no. That would be me. Cactus said, you don't need that, honey. You just need to open your mouth and sing. And I'd go, no, I don't. I need this and I need this and I need sparkles and I need, yeah, we can have all that. That's great. But what really matters is me talking to you guys. The rest is a bunch of hype. Sure. Record labels can do that all day. Donna, you know how it is when you're selling something. Isn't this great? Isn't this great? Don't you want this? People just want what's real, right? So I'm ready to get real. It's not my favorite. I'd rather stand behind the veneer. I'd rather have on all the, do I look young and vibrant? No, I'm not young and vibrant. I'm older older and sassy and vibrant. Don't mess with me. (laughs) So thank you for what you said. The truth is I'm just tired. I'm tired of having to keep up with all that. I haven't worn shoes for a year. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that because I'm at home. But I think the truth of that is it is about the music. When we're listening to albums and we're listening to the radio or however we're getting your music, we're not seeing all of the production, even though I love concerts. When you're in your car and you're experiencing something and that song comes on, it's the music and the words and the feeling in that music that affects everybody. It's not while you're at the concert in the middle of the production. So it is about the music. I think you, and you can even chime in on this, Greg, when you see something you want to know, is it real or is it fake? I mean, obviously, whether it's you're at somebody's home and you want to see, is that real granite or is that, I think we're all that way. We're curious, we're nosy, we're judgmental, we're jaded. We've seen it all. I think people want to know that they can trust something and believe something. The thing I love about country music is Dolly is Dolly, by the way. Dolly's Dolly pretty much every time you see her, whether it's four in the morning or four in the afternoon. She's Dolly, for God's sake. That ain't, there's no mystery there, people. You, know, you don't have to talk to Reba for more than 30 seconds to know she's from Oklahoma. I think I could hang out with her all day, too. Right. (laughs) So you know you're getting what you know you're supposed to get. And whether you like it or not, I've literally had someone come up to me and say, I don't even like country music, but there's something about you that makes me crazy. And I want to know more. I'm like, cha-ching, I want to connect. And I'll say this. I think that you want real people. And I think as you get older, as you get wiser, as I'm hearing you chat here, I think you are probably at a point in your life where you are very comfortable with yourself, comfortable with who you are and who you want to be. I won't say the word comfortable, Greg. That's a wonderful thought. Thank you for saying that. I'm not saying no to you. I heard you say that. And the first thing that I want to spring up out of the water and go, wait a minute, hold on. I tell you what, I'm more into this. What I'm going to say is I'm uncomfortable when I know that I'm sitting in the kitchen and I'm singing and saying stuff. And my son, Elijah walks in literally, and he may, while we're doing this in his uniform, And he knows whether I'm exaggerating or making something up. He knows whether I'm telling the truth or not is my point. My kids know what's real. And they're going to bring me to reality. Because my daughter the other day said, no, mom, that's not how it happened. And I said, yeah, it is. And she goes, no, it's not. I had made up in my head. And she was like, no, they hold me accountable. So I'm not comfortable in my own skin. As a matter of fact, I'm not great at a lot of things, self-confidence about myself. But I tell you what. I can sing like nobody's business. You know why? Because I'm lonely, I'm broken, and I'm blessed, and I'm fired up. And you tell me no, wrong day, wrong girl. That's just the way I am, not because of success and money. I've had it. I wrote a book about losing it all. 
You know what I love is Jesus Christ. You know why? Because I almost died twice in the last couple of years and my children too. So guess what? I don't have time to talk about just, oh, everything's great. No, everything isn't great. Someone said the other day, what's going on, Winona? I said everything and nothing. And I'm about to pull my hair out because I can't do much today and I feel helpless. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can get on here and talk to somebody who feels the same loneliness that I do. And they know, though, that from pain to purpose, that's my motto right now is pain to purpose. I take my pain. I take my uncomfortableness with myself. We've all gained weight. We've all feel older. I mean, I haven't had my toes done in two years. We should go get our toes done. (laughs) Um, But we need to take better care of ourselves. We need to know that we're loved. Comfortable is not the right word. My thought is... That's a good word, though. I know what you're saying. To me, as you describe this, it is an awareness. You know who you are. (laughs) You know where you've been. You know what you want to put up with and what you don't. I'm talking to somebody that was ballsy enough to go out and cover Freebird and did a great job with it. And this is vodka, just so you guys... No, I I have to say, I'm a big Skinner fan, and I knew that you had covered this. Went back and re-listened to it. It's a beautiful version. It's awesome. Well, it's the only one I could think of at the time Rosington asked me to do it. He said, you're the only chick we know that could pull this off. And I'm like, well, I definitely don't give a crap what anybody thinks because you called me and asked me if you're someone to do it because that's the way it works in this business. We have friends and we do stuff for each other. And look, I'll say this and then quit talking because I tend to talk too much, especially when I haven't done an interview in forever. You guys are my only friends today. Well, I'll be your not- friend every day. Can you imagine you and me in a club somewhere? Can you imagine? Oh, let's go. When can we go? When can we go? I'm telling Donna, I'm like, when are we going out? I'm going to Nashville. When are we going out? <laughs> I just love people and I love music. And it's a tough, tough landscape out there. It's a tough world out there in terms of all the crap that we hear. But I do know this. I think people are inherently good. I really do. I think the majority, if you want to call them a silent majority, whatever you want to call them, I come from hardworking people. I come from a Papa Judd who ran a filling station and he came home dirty every night and he's tired and he didn't make a lot of money. As a matter of fact, he kept his money in a trunk of his car in brown paper bags. Didn't even believe in the bank. He was so simple. Sounds like my grandparents. Exactly the way he was, man. And he buried stuff. He was a character. You know what I know? I know that we're all real similar. You can chalk it up wherever you want to. I've been to Jersey and I've also been to Arkansas. And I'm going to tell you what, you take two people from both those places and put them in a room and put me in there with them. And I'll bet they both know one of my songs because we're all kind of related. Just saying, I just believe in these people I'm going to sing for because they're my people. These are my people, by the way. I talk about from Wall Street to Walmart. I love my fans who are from New York, even though we don't have a lot in common. I tell you what we do know. We know what we love and we know what we're passionate about. We want to be loved. We want to have a good job. We want to have some money at the end of the road so we can retire and take care of our families. That's the salt of the earth. And I think the next record, when we put it out, I know there's going to be a song on there. I know there is about truckers in some way talking about the woman who's left her kid at home trying to get somewhere in life as she delivers the goods for somebody else that she doesn't know. I'm telling you, it's happening right this minute. Somewhere, somebody is losing their home. Someone is losing their car or losing something because they couldn't make a payment. My mother's been there. She didn't have health insurance, so she was in her 30s. We are the American dream. We've got what we need. 
And if we don't have what we need, we live in America where we can hope for a better tomorrow. Can't do that in many third world countries. You'll never get past a certain point. But in this life, you can be anything you want to be. And there is dignity. There is dignity in being out on life's highways and being that person that takes it somewhere down the road that someone else is not willing to. I think of Jesus Christ, literally, I hope he says to me, job well done, good and faithful servant. Yes, I do. That's it. Servant. I've studied it. It's the greatest thing in this life. If you can be a servant and be humble, boom, you've got it figured out, folks. And it's taken me 57 years to even begin to look at what that looks like. So thank you for letting me tell my story. We've all got one. And I look forward to hearing the stories of some of these characters out on the road that I've probably passed in the middle of the night going, hey, what the heck? (laughs) Well, that definitely describes the men and women in this industry. Yes. Hard workers, humble servants. And I love it. If I was in a bar somewhere, I would want to have a beer with them. I'll be honest with you. I would want to have a beer with one of them before I would want to have with somebody who's graduated college. Honestly, I don't have a lot in common. I try to hang in there and I try to go to the cocktail chatter. I identify more so than anybody in my family. I think than my papal Judd, the people who get her done. Thank you so much for sharing. Your stories are so real. And I think the trucking community loves real. And over your years, I don't think you've ever been mistaken for anything less than real. You've just always kept it real and raw and honest. Our audience certainly loves that. They're very real, hardworking people. And so for you to take time to identify them and say that you see them and you appreciate them, that means a lot. And that's what the whole concept of Highway to Hope is. The concert is giving hope to the women who have done much for us and gave us a lot of hope over the past year. This may be the first time that they're getting the recognition they deserve, and it's still not even close to the recognition they deserve for what they do. We really appreciate you taking time to help us give them that appreciation and give them hope that you are appreciated, guys, and we wouldn't have anything without you. I can totally see a t-shirt that has your face on it with your beautiful red hair, and it says, Mother Truck and Why. Let it go. That's right. Thank you for spending time with us today. So nice to meet you. I can't wait to meet you in person. And I'm all about hugging. So anybody that wants a hug, I'm all for it. So I I can't wait. Bye, Greg. Bye. It's good to see you. Bye. Have a fantastic day. I will. That's our SCF Highway to Hope interview with Winona. Greg Thompson back with you on the Podwheels Network on the SCF Highway to Hope podcast. And I'm joined once again by your SCF Highway to Hope podcast host, Shannon Courier. And Shannon, all I can say is, wow. There's really no other word that describes it any better than wow. This has been such an amazing series. And what a way to close out this series by talking to Winona. It really just doesn't get any better than that. I really want to thank her team too, because I've been working very closely with her team for this event, not just for this interview, but for the event as a whole, because we've shared before this event is being held at her home in Leapers Fork, Tennessee. And so we greatly appreciate her having us there on her property, 
and her team, Tanner and Blake and Lindsay, they have been fantabulous to work with and just so accommodating. We've had a lot to learn. This is not something we've ever done before an event like the Highway to Hope. So they have held our hand and walked us through it and we know how it works. Hopefully we'll get to do it again and it'll be easier the next time around. But this has been truly exciting. We cannot wait for the live event. Y'all, if you haven't gotten your tickets, please go get your tickets. You do not want to miss this. You can go to truckersfund.org and click on purchase access. You can get your ticket for $20. You're going to get an email that has a code. And on the night of the live stream, which is May 16th, that's a Sunday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time, that's when this live stream will be live. You're going to go back there, plug in your code, and it will take you to the concert. And just a reminder, this is a one and done deal. So you need to set yourself a reminder on whatever device that you need to set a reminder on because this is not going to live anywhere else afterwards. You're not going to be able to view the concert after the fact. So go grab your tickets, y'all. This interview, you're going to be like, okay, I've got to be a part of this event. Winona loves this industry. She loves these truckers. You just heard it. Yeah. You know, so you want to be a part of it. Well, I think one of my favorite moments from the interview, there were so many. When she talks about in the early days of riding the bus and then being the relief driver while the driver of the bus had to go to the restroom, that was crazy to me. It shows you just how connected she is and how into this industry that she is. All of her experiences that relate just exactly like the life of a professional driver, being away from home, being isolated, and those emotions. That to me was incredible. And you're right, all five of these interviews, thank you again for allowing me and the Pod Wheels Network to be a part of this because it has been so much fun. And I am truly excited about the show on May 16th. I'm gonna get my code. I'm going to have my computer plugged into my TV and I'm just going to have a good old time come up on May 16th. That's right. I appreciate you being a part of it. I know it has been double the work that we would typically <laughs> have, you know, a lot of podcasts in a very short period of time. You have cranked them out and they all sound fabulous and the artists are happy with them. You know, it's great to have you as a partner on these podcasts. We wouldn't be doing it without you, that's for sure. So thank you for being a part of it. Yeah, definitely, you know, get your ticket, get your code, get it plugged into some kind of sound bar or a TV or, oh, or yeah. something so you can really crank up the sound on the night of the concert. Sing along. You're going to know a lot of these songs. Some of the new artists, you know, like Heath Sanders, you know, you're going to hear some great music and you're going to want to know these songs. Mm -hmm. So you can check out these artists early if you would like to and get familiar with them. Go back and start with the first podcast in this series and listen to all five of them. They are fabulous. Shannon, one last reminder. Where can I go to get my ticket for May 16th? Yes, yeah, so head over to truckersfund.org. That is our website. You'll see it right in the middle where you can purchase access. It's actually going to open a new window and it's going to take you to the ticket purchasing process. There's about five questions that you need to answer. Our tickets are being processed through Omni Productions. So when you see that on your ticket purchase, that's our production company for this event. So that is legit. Omni Productions is who you're looking for. You're going to answer those five questions, put in your 
your email address, make your $20 payment. There is a $2 processing fee for the ticket, just like for any other concert, there's a processing fee. And then it's going to email you a code. On the day of the event at six o'clock, pop back over to the website, plug in your code, and it's going to open the live stream for you. So you definitely want to be a part of it. And thank you also to our sponsors for making this happen. Our presenting sponsors, Averett, Express, and Nastic. Again, this event would not be happening without those presenting sponsors at all. And then we have so many people that have joined us as well as sponsors. We have Global Trans, Progressive Commercial Insurance, Acuity Insurance, Redcap, Brinney Transportation, Total Quality Logistics, C.H. Robinson, Cocoon MDR, TA Express Coffee Cup Travel Plazas, Volvo, Echo Global Logistics, Allen Lund, Shell Rotella. The list just continues to grow. There may be even some new ones join us before the event even happens, but I at least wanted to recognize everybody that has come alongside this event and wanted to be a part of it. Thank you to each and every sponsor. Thank you to every person that has bought a ticket and is going to buy a ticket. Thank you for supporting this and being a part of it. And we hope that you're going to love it as much as we do. Well, once again, the industry is rallying around SCF. As you've mentioned, proceeds from the tickets will go to support SCF and your mission. It's going to be a great time. What a fun. And you know what, Shannon? There's only one way that we can end this series. And I think you know what that is. Thank you all for joining us. We're going to close this series with the Winona version of the song Ramble on Rose. Just like Jack the Ripper Just like Mojo just like Billy Sunday in a shotgun on the right time band. Just like New York City, just like the Jericho.
Yeah.